Welcome to Deep Shift, a show exploring the vibrant new future of a planet awakening. Welcome everyone to Deep Shift. I am Michael Armstrong, and I am so excited about this episode. My guest today is Kelly Schwiegel. Kelly is the founder of Social Wisdom Initiative. She's a four-time author and holds a master's degree in educational administration and a specialist degree in educational leadership. She also has started a natural healing center, and she's a Reiki master teacher, amongst many other things. Kelly, thank you so much for being on the program. Oh, you're so welcome. So, and I, my pleasure to be here. <laughs> Likewise. It's, I've, I've, I've heard so many great things about you from mutual friends, so I'm very excited about this interview. And so you're in Germany now, and you were recently in Italy when the whole coronavirus broke out, and you actually got coronavirus. Yes. Tell us about that. Tell us about what your experience was like and what the state of the country was like when that happened. Well, you know, I want, I should probably back up just a little bit and share that, you know, I've been listening to a set of guides since I was about six years old. And before going to um, Italy, the second time, actually, um, it, I had had Corona previous. And what the German doctors have indicated, they said, you got this back in December, you know, when I explained all of my symptoms, everything I'd gone through. And they said, yeah, no, th that would have been back in December. And I had been traveling and then I landed in Chicago to get my work permit to be in Germany and was beyond sick, beyond. I never fully recovered. My lungs never recovered. I ended up with a kidney infection, urinary tract infection, bladder infection, hives. I mean, it was really bad. And so we flew to Italy just to make sure that I could have time. We were going to take 10 days, my boyfriend and I at the ocean and I was going to recover. Well, I picked it up again on the plane <laughs> in Italy. We, had a, we also had a layover. So, so what happened is um, before going to Italy, I heard from my guys, and this was February 28th, so things hadn't erupted. You know, the, the lockdown didn't happen until March 8th. So what I heard from my guys was, you need to go, you're going to end up alone, and you're going to be there a long time. And I was like, what? I'm going with Daniel, my boyfriend. What are you talking about? So I'm like, okay, whatever. All right, apparently I'm going to be there for a while. And um, people are like, should you go? There's this virus. I'm like, ah, there's nothing about that right now, really? You know, because there really wasn't. And so we got on the plane. We went down to Sicily and spent 10 days, five days after being there, which is, we found out later, the incubation period. You know, I ended up very, very sick. And it was really traumatic. It, it was, I couldn't walk up a slight incline without palpitations in my heart. And I couldn't catch any breath. I was coughing nonstop. And I thought that was the worst of it. Well, on the 8th, we were supposed to fly back to Germany. And I knew because all of a sudden everything erupted. That's the day that they were going to do lockdown. And I was like, they're not going to let me on this plane. And I kept hearing from my guides, you need to stay. And you need to stay alone. And I was like, okay. And I said to my boyfriend, I said, you know, go back. I'll join you in a week. I've got to heal these lungs. Maybe I'm having a reaction to some mold or something that was in the Airbnb. I don't know. And he was like, absolutely not. And I'm like, no, go. Mm -hmm. And he went. And I kept saying, I'll join you in a week. 46 days later, 
I made it back. I had five flights uh, delayed. And in the time that I was here, I have to tell you, there was so much that I worked through. So for me, it wasn't a big punishment. It was, wow, you have a lot to work through. So can I share a really amazing story? Yes, please. <laughs> so um, uh, Schwegel is, is, Schwegel is um, a German name, but you know, I'm 40% uh, a Norwegian. But <laughs> my family actually is from this area. I just kind of didn't really think about where. I knew we were from Germany somewhere. I didn't think much about it. And in 2008, I had one and only one time that I've done a past life regression. In this past life, I, I went to the stone house and I knew it was like the 1600s. And I went in and I saw my family there. I saw around this building. I saw what was going on in that lifetime. In that lifetime, it was a horrible lifetime. I was actually um, in a relationship with my father. I had a child with him. My mother adopted him. I ran away. She killed herself. I ran away and married a, a man. And um, I ended up, after seeing this whole life and, and this, this house, I quickly flew out the back door in this past life regression, went around these rolling hills and down into this area, and I knew exactly what it looked like. And I went into this house, went into the back, and I was 55 years old, and I had died of a coughing disease, tuberculosis. Huh. So here I am with this coughing illness, suddenly back in Bavaria, okay? And, and as before, right before... Um, I got the, um, the illness in December. I had come to Bavaria for the first time. And the person who is now my boss said, I don't know why it is, but I feel like I need to stop in this town next to ours. It's called Pretzfeld. And, and he, he stops the car. My boyfriend and I get out and we're like, what are we doing here? And he's like, I don't know. Is there somewhere you want to go or you're drawn to? Because I feel like I need to stop here. And I'm like, I need to go there. And I point to this wall. It's just a big brick wall. And he's like, do you know what's behind there? And I said, no, I've never been here. He's like, yeah, okay, let's go. And we walk behind the wall and it's the house from my past life regression. And I'm freaking out. And I was just like, there's the kitchen. There was where my room was. This actually wasn't here. And this is, and I'm, I'm like, oh my God. And I said, and if we get in the car and we go over there, we're going to go down these rolling hills. And at the bottom, I lived. Guess where I live right now? I live at the bottom of the hill, down the, where the rolling hills are in a town called Ebermanstadt, which is exactly where I pointed to. <laughs> and wow. that's where I'm living. And wow. I got this coughing disease that I am in the process of clearing out and healing, healing a lot of pain and trauma because the little boy that I had had in that life, that... Um, my mother adopted, my mother was my mother in that lifetime, is my same mother now. That little boy is my father in this lifetime. And so there's a lot of karma playing itself out. So I don't know what you believe about any of that, but holy smokes, it's been a story I couldn't make up if I tried. Wow, that's <laughs> remarkable. So, <laughs> so for me, being in Italy, going through this was actually a little different. It wasn't a it was terrifying, I will tell you, because I was alone. And I didn't have any medical help and I couldn't speak Italian. 
but it, for me, it was worth it. I worked through it a lot. Yeah, I, I, I've read many Dolores Cannon books. I'm very familiar with past life regressions, uh, hypnotherapy, and um, the reality of us having multiple lives and um, kind of working out the karma that we haven't worked out yet in previous lifetimes, which is why it's so important to work out karma in this lifetime, because it all sort of transfers on and continues on in, in multiple, multiple lifetimes. Yeah. And um, yeah, I do want to go back to, to you getting it, being in a foreign country, not being able to speak a language. Like what, what did that feel like when you realized that, okay, you were going to be alone and you weren't going to go to a hospital? Um, kind of it, it, it was terrifying. I, I actually, you know how I told you that it got pretty bad after about five days. Um, it got worse after my boyfriend left. I thought I was just going to get on the healing track and it would be fine. No, that didn't happen. I was coughing. I could barely breathe. And there's some things that happened that I'll share. So first of all, I contacted my Airbnb host and I said, I need to get to a hospital. And he's like, I can't help you. He said, call the American embassy. I called, I called, I called, I emailed, I tried different um, consulates and embassies. After I was starting to get on the healing track, they finally contacted me and said, hey, you better get out of there. You're on your own. Sorry, good luck. <laughs> and uh, so I, <laughs> it was brutal. So, <clears throat> so I was alone in that experience and very, very, very sick. But I have to say, I think it was also fate because if they had taken me to a hospital and I went on a ventilator, um, the way that my lungs were, they were really bad. Um, it would have been terrible. So I probably would have died. Yeah. And That's what so, I hear, that going on a ventilator sometimes is actually worse than, than not because the oxygen, it's just, yeah. Well, and I should probably let you know, I had asthma for 27 years, COPD, chronic pulmonary disease, and I had pneumonia at a week old. So I came in with lung issues. This, was, this is a birth defect that I came in with. So, which if you understand past lives, you come in with what you're trying to heal in this lifetime, you know, when you, yep. when it looks at defects. So here's what happens. I start to heal, right? And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm feeling, starting to feel better. I'm like, oh, fantastic. And this was about the 15th. Okay. So I was quarantined on the eighth and then in my home, in my Airbnb, and by the 15th, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to breathe. I'm down to taking my emergency inhaler like 10 times a day, you know, instead of 20, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, fantastic. And I'm getting energy back and I'm like, fantastic. And then all of a sudden I wake up and I'm so sick and I'm like, what is wrong with me? And, and I'm, I'm listless and I, I can't, I can barely walk. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? And I'm, I'm coughing more and my eyes are swollen and I just lay on the couch and I can't move. And that happened for like three days. I was like, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? And then I start getting better. I start getting better and I start getting better. And the next week, bam, again, I'm so sick. I'm like nauseous. I can't eat. I'm, I'm you know, just, I'm so sick. And, um, and it, the listlessness, like do you can't even lift your arm. You just lay on the couch all day long. They started spraying. They were spraying toxic chemicals in the street. And I got the name of it. I don't remember what it's called, but it was like a bleaching agent. And they started spraying it. And the toxins, they were finding cats and birds dead on the street. And yeah, it, like it was so... That's like a disinfectant spraying spring yep. streets. Right. Do you remember um, when you could see all those pictures of like Russia showed pictures and China showed pictures and Italy showed pictures of them mass spraying? Yeah. Well, they had sprayed. 
And here I am sitting there with a respiratory disorder and they spray and it's, it's a toxin. So I was like, I have got to get out of here. I've got to get out of here. I can't be here. I need to get where there's fresh air. I am not going to make it through this because every time they sprayed and I went through three sprayings and by the third one, I was like, I was like, I can't even function. And so I found a woman who would um, allow me to rent an Airbnb, which was um, on the coast, right in between a mountain and the ocean. And I was so grateful. And, and I, I found an English through the help of the internet. I was like, somebody help me. I need to find a taxi. Somebody who speaks um, Italian, will you help me order a taxi with somebody who speaks English? And they found one for me. These people came out of nowhere to help. Just, I mean, loving, beautiful beings. And, um, and so I got to this place and I started to heal. And it was interesting because three days after being there, I, I had started juicing right away and I started doing like celery and, and everything I could to, to detoxify my body. And three days after, I, I got really nauseous again because my body was releasing all the toxins. Mm. There are so many things about this illness people don't understand that your skin gets, I, I flaked, my skin would flake, you know, from all the illness. I'm still trying to recover my, my, my body for sure. Um, I still, I ended up in the hospital after returning here because my heart was going into palpitations. About two months after the illness, you go into heart palpitations and you can't, you can't do much. You, you can barely function. So I went into the hospital to find out that I have good lungs and heart, but it's like they're bruised. You know, they said, imagine mm -hmm. you're a healthy person who got into a car accident. It's going to take time for you to heal. Yeah. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So what are you doing now to, to help yourself heal? Yeah, I am, <coughs> excuse me, really trying to eat healthy. I meditate a lot. I do a lot of Reiki on myself. I reach out to my beautiful um, healer friends and my spiritual friends. And, and, you know, we just, we stay in positive places. I try to, you know, put positive things out into the world and try to encourage people to be in a happy place. I think joy is the best healer you can have. I also started to try to get outdoors. Um, Germany is very lax in, in, uh, in getting outside. You can go out and exercise. You, nobody wears a mask outside unless you're going into a place where there are people. When you go inside where there's people, then everybody puts a mask on. It's required. But everybody is out jogging and hiking, and you couldn't do any of that in Italy. You could not leave your home. So, um, so, you know, I just sat there for 46 days, no social interaction, no, you know, nothing. And How did you get food? You're allowed to go to the store if you filled out a form and they would stop you and ask for your form. And, um, I had to have my passport, my, and I had to have a thing that was written that I can't understand them. So I had to find a way to translate something and have a written note that I couldn't understand them. Um, and it, because this was a small town in Sicily, this was Trapani. Um, they don't speak English there. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so, but you're allowed to go to the store, but then you have to go right back. And you can't be in the stores without gloves and a mask on and your body clothed. Um, and then, you know, it's there and back. There were people who were ticketed outside of my Airbnb because um, when they finally allowed you to go outside and jog, you were only allowed to jog around your house. And they were ticketed in front of my home because they were too far from home. Wow. People don't realize it's like militant over there. 
Yeah. So you were able to 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 get up and and shop during during the of it. And uh, was there a moment where you thought that you might just die from from it? Yeah. There were two different times where I I literally did not know that I could take another breath because I would cough and I would cough and I'd cough and I'd cough. And there was one time I or two times where I just was like. And I fought and I fought. It was so hard. And at one point, I remember I screamed and the scream allowed me to breathe. It was so weird. And it scared the Nikes out of me. (laughs) I really didn't think that I would breathe. And, uh, and yeah, but in case anybody is like not able to breathe, try screaming. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. What is this, what has that whole um, situation, that experience shown you and what did you gain from it? You know, one of the things that I think that we can realize is how resilient we are. And, you know, especially when you're left on your own in such a ter- terrifying situation, you really, you really dig in and realize that we, are, we have a lot of courage as humans, all of us. This isn't just me. I'm I'm not just like some, you know, raging, courageous person, although I am a badass. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) No, I'm joking. But but we all do. We all have that capacity to to reach deep inside of us and find a strength that we had no idea was there. And and you know that when you're in a situation like that, it really forces that to happen. And I will tell you, I, I'm, I'm very grateful for everything that I went through. I had so much time for growth and reflection and stillness and quiet and, um, and reaching out online, I will tell you, was probably my savior. I was so grateful. You realize, you know, when you're in a situation like that, how much people really do care. Mm. So you were in communication with everyone and they were kind of asking how things were going and staying connected yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really I shared my story along the way. And so many people have said, you know, <laughs> this is funny, they that first of all, they said, you know, just thank you for letting us see what this is like. And, um, and it was funny, I had a couple of friends who said, Oh, yeah, we still do it. We still wake up in the morning and turn on Kelly TV. You know, <laughs> 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 oh, my God, she made it home to Daniel. Oh, my God, she's here. Oh, my God, there's spray. And they would tell me <laughs> that I didn't find this out until after I was just posting my stuff. And, but, you know, people like we, you know, we watched your story. Wow. Yeah, that must have been fascinating for people to, to follow along with. Probably a bit frightening, too, as, oh, as you're in the midst of it. Their encouragement was amazing, especially after my flights are, are canceled again and again and again, and I can't get out, and I'm sick, and I'm like, you know, nobody would help me. And eventually, through the internet, I got somebody who would help and deliver some food for me when I was in the area with the spray. So I did get some food delivered um, through the help of the internet. Yeah. Wow. And did your inhaler help during that experience? It, the, the Airbnb host, the one thing he did do for me is I asked if he would go and get some inhalers because you don't need a prescription there. And mm. so, um, because I, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't really have the appropriate inhaler. I had a, an emergency one that I had from when I was sick back in December and I didn't have an anti-inflammatory and I really needed something to get an anti-inflammatory in my lungs. So he did get me an anti-inflammatory and an emergency and they saved my life. Even though I am wow. not a fan of pharmaceuticals whatsoever, they saved my life. 
And those are just regular, um, like, asthma inhaler? Yeah, one is albuterol, yeah, Mm -hmm. an asthma inhaler. And the other one is, like, granules that you breathe in, and um, and it's the anti-inflammatory. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've had asthma since I was a little kid, so... Yeah, I know what it's like to, to not be able to breathe, and it's oh. it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's it's just not pleasant. No, no. The story I'm writing about this whole this whole situation is called "I Can't Breathe." Mm. Yeah, wow. yeah. yeah, breath is life. It is, and people take it for granted. Uh, I know. Yeah, and when I've had my my asthma attacks, that it's when you really appreciate breath and oxygen, being able to breathe. Right. It's, it's remarkable. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. You're welcome. You know, can I say something about COVID? Um, Please. I channeled with my guides, um, you know, quite often. Uh, I do a, a monthly live Q&A for people. And so I'll, I'll, I become a medium and I, I will channel. And I asked one uh, day about, you know, about Corona. What is this all about? And they said, you know how the human needs to um, go through um, stages of evolvement. You don't just go from, uh, you know, you're suddenly awake. You know, they said, no, you go through little experiences that wake you up. <coughs> they said the situation with Corona, even though the deliverer might have been, um, you know, not so great, and we don't know really what actually happened, they said it was actually good. They said it is a situation, they, they told me that there are going to be three of them. They said this is the first of them that is kind of like a, a wake-up call to say, you don't have to be driving the way that you do. You don't have to be um, out all the time the way that you do. You don't need to have the 40-hour the work week. You know, there are other ways you can do this. You know, they said people have been very innovative in the way that they're approaching life, and it's going to shake up the, the monetary system a bit. And so they said that's yet to come. But um, they said, look for that about August. But but they mm-hmm. said, you know, that, that this was one of those situations where there's a, just kind of a, a wake-up call for us to start to adjust our thinking that things can be different. They said there's another one that is going to come again. in They they're, keep saying about August, there's going to be a little bit of a shake-up. And then about, they told me at the time that I channeled this, it was like a year and five months, we would have a bigger experience that would happen. And then there's one more smaller and it's going to really, they said over, it's a 50 year time time span through which we'll actually uh, be um, transitioning into humans who operate more along the lines of of collaboration instead of competition. And they said, we think we want to get there, but we're not there. (laughs) They said this world is still run by a competition. And they said, it's just more and more people are awakening to understanding that there's more. Mm. So, yes. So, so they are, they've been encouraging that it's actually a good thing. It's just, it looks bad. Yeah. So when they describe these other things, these are different events, um, not necessarily a pandemic, but something that helps awaken humanity. Yeah, no, something they said, it's just, they didn't tell me what it was. They just, they showed it that, and I could feel it. It's like, it feels larger. Like there's a bigger shakeup. And I think that it, the way that I feel it is, it, you know, where this got, you know, an illness, you know, not in a lot of people, but, you know, and those of us who got it, man, it was brutal. <laughs> but, but, uh, but there's a lot of fear that came out of this. This is, this is basically a wake up of fear. Okay. Mm. And it's creating a different type of divisiveness within people. It's creating those who are staying in fear and those who are working through the fear and finding the beauty. 
Okay. Mm. So, so what's going to happen is when this other experience comes, it's going to be a larger fear. Okay. It feels not so much illness. It feels more like, holy smokes, what? <laughs> it feels like that. <laughs> and, and people, again, there are going to be already those, you know, those 50% of people who are like, no, we can find beauty in this. They mm. will move through it very easily. Yeah. And did they give you any hints as to what the events might be? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you can take this any way you want, but they say it has to do with our genetic structure. It has to do with, um, it, I don't want to say purpose of life. It has to do with the functioning of life. Um, a little bit more about, again, about, about our, our genetic structure. That's, about, that's huh. the best I've got. Interesting. Just a little clue. Just a little clue. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's all. I've, I've spoken with a, a few other people who are channels and they mention a, a couple different ones, totally separate have mentioned um, solar flares, which disrupt the um, electronic system of the planet. Um, and then of course the big one being extraterrestrial contact, which would shake up humanity quite significantly if a, you know, another a race of, of higher intelligent beings appeared in the skies. <laughs> <laughs> They've already appeared. We are just taught oh, to dismiss them. You know. 100%. They are already there. They're just, yeah. Uh, humanity's not quite ready. We're not quite ready. No, I agree with that. Yeah. It, it, and I do say that, you know, there's a, there's a lot of fear in this country that, um, that has been, I, I would say, somewhat imposed through media, whether it's intentional or not intentional, it doesn't matter to me. But the, the, it, there's been an, an allowance of belittling of those who do believe that there is something else out there. There's a belittling of psychics. There's a belittling of tree huggers. There's a belittling mm. of, okay, anything that might help our world. There's a lot of a lot belittling of. Even eating organic or or um, vegan is you know belittled. Those yeah. are very healthy things. So it's really interesting to kind of watch how um, uh, you know how how this will all turn out, especially when this has been so belittled for so long. Yeah, it really has, and I think the internet has helped a lot in terms of spreading good information and good knowledge uh, because people are able to. Because yeah, on, on TV, like I'm watching this show right now. And there's a character who essentially makes fun of anything yoga or vegan or, you know, organic, like just, just belittles it. Right. And, and it's programming people on a certain level to not to go down that route because they don't want someone to make fun of them. It's the whole like childhood trauma of being bullied. And um, yeah, I just see right now in, amongst my own circle are a lot of people who just <laughs> like recognize the benefit of eating healthy, being healthy, doing yoga mental health um and also some of the channel ets like it's it's quite known in in my own personal circle that just ets simply exist or are already in communication with the planet um so yeah, sometimes when yeah sometimes when it's not when i recognize that it's not mainstream yet i'm like oh <laughs> the majority yeah. of people don't yet believe this like and it's yeah. fascinating too 
Because they actually think it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's funny. It's I was giving a, uh, I give these classes online um, every week and they're called Transition Time to really help people to transition through your human conditioning into something more beautiful inside of you, right? And there was a class that I was giving and somebody asked about, and it, it, it was, oh no, this was a wisdom class that I was giving. And it was about looking at dark forces in our world from a different viewpoint. And, you know, I'm talking about the ego being a dark force or, you know, politics being a dark force or something under, under the, uh, the, the scope of a conspiracy theory, right? And so somebody brought up UFOs and they said, well, what about UFOs? Are, do you consider them a dark force? And I said, well, first you're going to have, me, have to ask me if I think that they, they exist. And I said, yes, I do believe they do. And instantly I lost three, three listeners. Uh, <laughs> it was like, the, well. The natural... <laughs> too much too much yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i have a i have a friend who who when i was chatting about this, this person i was talking with um said they were like a walk-in and and um which means that like their soul stepped out where another soul stepped in which is a, a higher intelligent um extraterrestrial stepped in and she was like, no, this is too much. Like, there's already too much going on on the planet. Like, I can't even process this right now. And I was like, that's okay. Like, that's, that's all good. You know, for, for like, I, I had talked with many people who, I remember my friend's mom was talking about doing this past life regression and, like, her son in, in this life was her, her lover in that life. And, like, all the different family members were all different sorts of things. And I just thought she was crazy. Like, I was like, that's, that's sweet. That's nice. But, like, that makes no sense to me. And it wasn't until I started doing my own research and seeing that, like, it's scientifically proven by if you regress thousands of people, whether they're Christian, Muslim, atheist, whatever, they will talk about the same thing that happens in between lives. They will talk about having multiple lives. And if you can put enough people under and they all say the same thing, that's essentially the scientific method. And when I started to read multiple books from different sources that all said the same thing, something in my mind, it just clicked. And I'm like, this is, this is how it is. All of a sudden it, it just, my reality opened up. It was like a, another awakening. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's really interesting just recently because I work with clients personally. And, um, and so I was working with, with one woman who she's a fiery, fiery, fiery spirit, just fiery. And just, oh, she's very angry that she takes care of people. She doesn't want to do it anymore. And all of a sudden this past life came and I'm like, hello, nurse Cratchit. I said, you were a nurse in the, in the civil war and you were so like iron fist. And then when I went behind her and looked at her, I said, you were so scared because you had to take care of all these people and it was your responsibility and you became very hard and very rigid because you were terrified and you cared. And when she understood that, it was so interesting. She's like, something just changed in me. She's like, I understand why I've been so angry about, about, about having to do these things and we you know kind of went into a meditative state and helped her release and connect with this her and she just shifted it's like sometimes when you can when you can understand someone you're you know you're going to understand you and you're going to understand your past life another woman she was saying what's that so do you do past life regressions 
uh, I, I don't really purposefully do it. It just happens. So, um, so I, you know, people do, I have purposely done it, you know, but I don't, I don't put that out on my shingle, you know, you know, past life regressions. I just work with people and very often it comes up. Um, we just do a reading and if we ask, my guides very often will, will show a life that somebody needs to work through in this life. And so, um, so yeah, it happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Do you know who your guides are? It's interesting because it, when, I, when I was very young, I, it was my grandmother, Genevieve. And when I was about 40, I went through my greatest awakening. And, um, and yeah, so that would have been about, God, 40, 50, 12 years ago. And, and so in the last 12 years after that experience, all of a sudden, this group of like 21 came in. And they don't identify themselves with any particular names, but I will see certain ones come forward from time to time. And then sometimes I'll get a name, sometimes I'll get a vision, but otherwise the most of the time who I'm channeling is just this group or this collective energy of them. Yeah. And can you, can you see them? Can you feel them? Do you just get downloads of messages? How does it work for you? Um, sometimes I see them. And, and when I work with clients, I'll actually speak to their guides. And very often their guides will come forward and show who they are. I will speak to those who are deceased. I never know when they're going to come in. They just kind of pop in. And, they're like, and I'm like, okay, hey, your grandma passed. Wow, is she brutal. Yes, she was. Okay. <laughs> you know, it just happens. And uh, um, yeah. And, uh, and so very often I'm seeing that your guides or whoever I'm working with. And, um, and I've seen some pretty bizarre things. I've talked to horses. I've talked to trolls. <laughs> and I'm like, why would I see this? I've seen like dragons. I mean, I'm like, what is this? It's, it's bizarre. I don't pretend to say that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> what was your awakening? You said you had a major awakening. I did. I had a fall. And it was, um, I was working at the top of my career. I was doing really well, but I was in an abusive relationship. I was making great money and I couldn't manage it. And my friendships were not doing well. And I was constantly sick. And I was just like, I can't, I can't anymore. I can't. I went through a bad breakup and I called a healer friend of mine and I said, I can't do this anymore. And she's like, oh, you're finally ready. I'm like, what? what are you talking about and she said what do you think of yourself and I'm like what you know I'm confident and I'm a good mom and I'm pretty and I'm she's like okay we're gonna go behind all that and I'm like okay and she had me get vulnerable and when I really really looked inside I saw that and I really meant it that I was a bad person a worthless person I was sick and I was broken and I went into meditation that afternoon to say, why? And I'm bawling. Why? Why do I think I'm a sick person? Why do I think I'm broken? Why do I think I'm bad? I'm worthless. And I started seeing, I was in this meditation for an hour and a half, and I thought it was like five minutes. I started seeing all these images of me, me being called dog face Kelly on the playground and my divorce and, 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 you know, me, you know, throwing myself under the bus sexually and, and, you know, just abuse and things that happened to me where it was like, Oh my God, by the time I, I got out of that meditation, I had snot running down my nose, I'm bawling, blubbering. And, but I had hugged all these me's. And I just loved them. And I understood why they were the way they were. And I, and I, I knew that, that you are a beautiful soul. You are just hurt. 
And it, it, it put me on a, a, a healing journey with myself. And that's how I learned to do what I did. And that's part of why I wrote the books that I did is to help people to understand one of them is actually two of them are workbooks. One is a workbook for adults and one for teens and to help them understand the healing process. And so I went on a journey of healing me. And incidentally, I had nine different health issues and those health issues went away when I learned to love myself. Wow. Yeah, because health issues show up when we are meant to learn something. I, I always ask myself, even if I just like stub my toe, and I just ask like, what, what is the universe trying to show me? Because I don't want to keep stubbing my toe. I want to learn the lesson of maybe being present or something like that. But it's, uh, I, yeah, I, I thoroughly believe that everything that, that shows up in our life, especially the things that don't feel good, are there to guide us and, and show us the direction we're meant to go for our life purpose. Absolutely. I actually teach a class where you can diagnose what's going on with someone mentally and emotionally based on where pain and illness is in their body, whether it's top or bottom, front or back, left or right, what organ it is in or what chakra it resides in, or even if it's all over the body, like your skin or your endocrine system, all of those hold messages. And so I teach people to, to diagnose when I teach Reiki um, as, uh, as um, instruction, I teach them this. Somebody comes into your office with pain in their lower back. <laughs> That's the history about who they are. Okay. So, so you can actually look at these different things. Interesting. Yeah it's, yeah. That's, it's fascinating. Uh, I want to talk about human conditioning because I know you've worked with thousands of people and you have yes. books on it and, and work with yes. businesses. Uh, yes. I just, I find it fascinating because it's a lot of it's subconscious. Like we don't realize what we're doing, why we're doing it. Uh, what is your take on human conditioning and, and, and how do you use it? Well, first of all, it's purposeful. You know, it comes because we are programmed in our DNA with an ego that keeps us looking for love and acceptance and worth and value outside of ourselves. And anytime we're looking for it from someone else, then we have the, we, we open up our being to be a disappointment or to be rejected or betrayed or hurt or wounded or not accepted. And, and when those things happen, we will develop all of these hard emotions in our body that cause reactionary behaviors and cause needs and cause triggers. And it's really interesting how it's so purposeful. I explain to people about the purpose of life and I explain, and that's one of my books, so actually few of them I wrote about that about how you know we we knew exactly what we were going to get into we're like dude I'm going to earth school I'm going to learn this 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 and this <laughs> and I'll take that mom oh yeah she'll do nicely and how about that dad oh yeah he's gonna mess me up good yeah I'm going in you know and <clears throat> so you go in and you have the right circumstances my guides explained that the latitude and longitude that you are born within is important because it's a mathematical code that causes a particular uh, a, a set of factors or characteristics in the body. Same thing as when you have your birth chart done. There's a reason about what day and time. So day, time, latitude, longitude are very important for creating these set of, of characteristics that you're going to have in this lifetime to help you to satisfy your karma, which is your life lesson, life lessons. Okay. And so, you know, we, we get perfectly human conditioned to hate ourselves enough. So we try to fight through to love ourselves. Mm. It's all purposeful. And, and those who are not ready for this, 
will because you will start karma in some lifetimes and you will not finish it. Some people come here just to stay in pain. Some people, you know, I, I help people to understand the ages of souls, babies, infants, young, mature, and old souls. And about the baby, infants, and young are not ready to transition. So we comfort the sleeping souls and we awaken only those who are ready to be awakened. And those who are already awake, we help keep them on their path. Because everyone is. <laughs> High fives and thumbs up. Go for it. Because everyone is on their own awakening journey. And, and we can't expedite. We can, we can be there to assist. And it's why I like this podcast. I like to put information out there. Because I know not everyone's ready for it. But in maybe 10 years, when they're starting to awaken to a greater reality, they can be like, oh, I remember that thing that Michael said. And remember that thing that Kelly mentioned on that podcast? You know, it's, it's, it's these signposts of, of ways to go. And, and so when people are working through some of this stuff, how do, how do you help them? Well, there's, there's a process. And so I've actually, because I've taken, you know, I've got a large database of people I've worked with so you can start to see a process. And so the first thing I have to do is I have to work with somebody mentally to help them understand this life or why something happened to them or why, if they've been abused, why they should think that that's actually an okay thing. So I work with them mentally. Mm -hmm, and I really mean that. Um, if you're interested, there's a, on my YouTube channel, there's a thing called the Mayan Caves. It's a three-part series where I was actually sexually assaulted, physically assaulted, and roofied within um, a year and a half, and how beautiful that was. So it's about really understanding that um, you have to work with someone mentally first. Once what was the beauty in it? What was the what? What was the beauty in it? The beauty, oh my gosh. So I had myself put in perfect vulnerability, terrible vulnerability um, with being roofied. I was ended up underneath my car for four hours um, uh, in the middle of nowhere, or actually in the, I didn't know where I was. I was driving through the country. I had stopped off to get dinner. And um, so it was really, it was really quite awful. And um, waking up and realizing you can't move and you're trying to and you can't and you just fall back down. Um, so, um, so, but I wasn't harmed in that one. The, six months later, I was sexually assaulted by a holistic doctor. Um, six months after that, I was um, beat up in Belmapan, Belize, uh, mainland in the middle of uh, nowhere at a Mayan country or Mayan cave, left at a Mayan cave in a swimsuit in a place I didn't know. And what I realized after coming through that, I had to do a lot of work to, to release the trauma. But what happened is that I really realized this. You can do anything you want to this physical body. Anything you want. You will never harm my spirit. Ever. You can't take my innocence. You can't take my joy. You don't have that power over me. And it brought me into such a place of a beauty inside. That, you know, I, it's mine. It's my joy. It's my story. It's my pain. And, and it doesn't have to stay. Mm. So like no one, I have to, yeah. Yeah, like no one can take anything from you to really own that, yeah, that, that, that it is within you. Yeah. My soul can, can be joyous no matter what. So what you work through, and so that brings you into then step two, when you can help people to understand things like this, then you can help them to understand why they should forgive. 
and how mm -hmm. being a victim takes your power. And let's bring it back. And then I bring them into, um, I talk about dimension. Um, I talk about, well, dimension meaning the string theory. Okay, so I talk about physics with them. But what I, what I help them to understand is that when we go back, you're going to become the parent to your younger you. I'm going to guide you in this meditation, and we're going to help you to let go and, and support mm -hmm. that you. You need to get the charges, the electrical charges out of your body that are surrounding the pain and trauma of your experiences whether it's embarrassment or something so, so hard as abuse, we need to get the pain out. And once we get the pain out and you work with that younger you, if you understand three, string theory, you're actually going back and working with them. I had a, um, a man that I worked with, he was 38 at the time, and I guided him back into working with his 13-year-old him who had um, had a bottle rocket go off underneath him and, and he was had third degree burns all over his face. And, you know, kids at 13, they're brutal. They were calling him freak and, and, you know, wouldn't hang out with him and they're afraid of him. And, um, and he was just sad. And so at 38, I brought him back in a meditation to work with his younger him. He comes out of the meditation and he looks at me and he's like, I don't even know how this is. I remember a, an older version of me when I was 13 in bed, I thought it was delusional. An older version of me came to my bedside and told me everything would be okay. And that I'm actually very handsome. And he was, and, and, um, and he's like, we just did that. I'm like, yeah, I know. Oh, I'm getting chills. That's great. I love, love stories like that. And I've, I've talked about that exact thing on this podcast of being able to Go into meditation, think about your past self, child self, have a conversation with them, and how that when you're lying in bed as a kid and all of a sudden you just get this like random thought was actually you from the future. Like it, yeah. time doesn't really exist, so everything is connected. So we can travel through the dimensions of time and speak to our past self or future self. Like sometimes I'll sit and just try to like talk to my future self and ask like, hey, how's it going? How's everything? Is there anything I need to know right now? Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is amazing. And when you change your past or go to your past like you did, you will change your now and your future because time is just an infinity loop. They're all connected. Mm. Yes, it so is. So can I share the most amazing story? Please. Okay. So, um, and this has to do with what we were just talking about. So there is a, a couple friend that I, that I know, and they're very open about this. And if you want to interview them, amazing. Um, the husband had a sudden torn aorta. People who, there are only 10% of people who live through a torn aorta. So he went to the hospital. I heard through a friend that he was, he was in surgery and I text over to his wife and I said, are you okay? And she's like, oh my God. She's like, I don't know what's happening. He's been in surgery six, six, um, six hours. And I said, okay. I said, okay, let me go into his room. Cause you know, you know I work distance. I can remote view. So I, I said, I'm going to go remote view his room. Mm -hmm. I went into his room and I saw him floating on the ceiling. And I went to him and I said, and wait till you hear this story, because they'll, they'll tell you about it if you want. And these are very practical people. I went to, the to him at the top of the, the room and I said, you know, so-and-so, you need to get into your body. I said, you're going to be okay. I can feel that. You're going to be okay. Here's what happened. He's like, okay, okay. And he, he's, like, he's like, am I dead? I said, no, they just stopped your heart. I said, so you need to get into, into your body and it's going to be okay. And he's like, okay, I will. 
So he went into his body. I went, uh, you know, got back and I texted him, texting over to his wife, telling her I found him. He's on the top and she's got all the texts. (laughs) You know, he's on the top of the room, blah, 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 blah. And, um, And she's like, oh my God, thank you. And so, and I said, he's going to be okay. Soon after they came, and, and I wouldn't have known that they stopped his heart. I wouldn't have known really what happened. I didn't, mm. nobody knew it. She didn't even know what happened. All of a sudden, wow. he's just in surgery. You know, there wasn't news of this yet. And so, um, so I came out, and the doctor said we had to stop his heart. He went into open heart surgery, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and so she finally was able to see him in the ER and, or in, the, um, in the, the trauma area. And he came to when he woke up six hours later. He came to with a start, which six hours is ridiculously soon. But he came out six hours later after a six-hour surgery, and he said, I'm dying. I'm dying. And she's like, she's like, no, 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 you're okay. And he's like, it's okay, though, because Kelly was there. She came to me, and she told me to get into my body. Yes. <laughs> and so, um, you know, he ended up, you know, seeing. He's like, there are people around me, and there's writing on the wall. Why is there writing on the wall? And I sent him pictures of it, and I said, is this the writing? And he said, yes. And, and I said, yeah, that's kind of angelic writing. And, and, you know, I've seen that before, too. You're going to be okay. He received instant, instant psychic um, abilities from that, that experience. So he's really starting to, we were supposed to talk the other day, to help him understand all these new gifts. He was seeing these spirits around him and he was, you know, he was able to, he now can just say, nope, that's wrong. This is right. This is it. Da, da, da. He's very powerful. And he was just your average Joe working his average job. His wife's a teacher. <laughs> you know? Wow. That's remarkable. But, yeah. But tying it back then to what we were talking about, his wife decided I should probably clear out the trauma of this. I said, yeah, let's go do that. And, mm-hmm. and so we, I got her into meditation again, like, you know, healing the, the younger selves and it's you any moment before now. So we got into her, you know, a couple of weeks ago when that was going on and she came out of the meditation and she said, oh my God, this makes sense now. She's like, I went immediately to this particular time. And I told myself everything would be okay with him. And I told him about you or, you know, my younger self or that self about what happened. And the people who were in the, um, the waiting room with her said it was really bizarre. All of a sudden she just changed. And that's the moment that we had gone to, to work with in that, in that regression. Uh, And uh, everybody talked about it. It's like all of a sudden she was terrified. She was crying. She was upset. And then all of a sudden she was fine. And she went to go help other people. Wow. Yeah. This is, it's, it's just like, like people talk about how humans are evolving. Consciousness is evolving. And I, I see it evolving into this where we are more like fifth dimensional. We're a little bit outside of time to where mentally we think we recognize that we can communicate throughout time. You know, things like telepathy, things like, like the communication of consciousness amongst itself happens and is normal like i feel like this is where humans are evolving into oh absolutely my guides i actually teach classes on this and i i talk about you know the the percentages of souls that are, are here there right now about 90 percent of the souls on earth are baby infant and young they're only eight percent mature and two percent old and what they explained is over that 50 year time frame that started in about 2012 about they said it was about that time they said it's a 50 year time frame and they said um every day 300,000 people die and every day 300,000 people are born 
born. They said those that are being born today are that of the mature and old soul and latter end of young. So that eventually those numbers are going to be flipped in 50 years. So we will be a different race of humans, uh, not a different race, a, d- a different age or maturity level who can handle living with a tamed ego instead of such an engaged ego. Wow, that is very exciting. <laughs> yeah. That is a very exciting thing to hear. And I see it. Some of these kids being born, some of these babies, like their eyes are, are all knowing. I'm like, yes. does anyone else see? Does anyone else see that kid's eyes? Like, they know what's up. Yes, they do. That's because they are such beautiful old souls. And there are those of us, thank you very much, sir, who came as, as way showers. You know, people who are paving the way for these beautiful souls who are ready to live in a, in a higher plane of existence um, as a human. And so humanity is going from grade three, indulged ego, to grade four, which is operating with a tamed ego. Mm. Here we are. There, there are 12 grades, incidentally. I teach about those too. It's very fun. Ooh, 12 grades. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just want to learn about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been channeling for a long time. So it's, it's been, uh, you know, I've given them, you know, hundreds of classes on my, my website. I've got hundreds of them, you know, that, that I talk about all these things. Wow, that's great. I, I, I find myself more and more and more reading books that are channeled materials rather than written by humans. Um, I mean, they're written by humans, but they're written from a channeled state. Yeah. And I just find the information to be clearer. And, and, you know, yeah. what's interesting is that the, one of the books I wrote is called The Art of Inner Alchemy. And I use the, the seven stages of alchemy. And in the seventh stage, there's something called you become the androgynous youth. Androgynous because you're not really masculine or feminine. You're just a, a mix of both. And youth because you tame the ego so much that you don't care if you're important anymore. You can be silly and, and goofy, and, and it just doesn't matter. And that's the, that's the you, that you reclaim your innocence. And so those who write from that perspective, it's, it, it isn't trying to put these important words in there and make sure it's all like the, you know, you don't, it's not about that anymore. It's about being clear and communicating. Mine are written conversationally so that anybody can understand it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things I love about the channel books is they're not trying to be important. They're not indulging the ego. Yeah, I, I feel that. And I feel like they, I, I, yeah, I can't wait to read them. I can't wait to check out more of your materials. And um, yeah, and it's, it's fun. Like humans are in a, a stage of evolution right now and like kind of a rapid, a, a rapid stage of evolution. And I appreciate that you brought up your experience of those traumas and that you saw that it was a beautiful thing because I really feel like that is the first step for so many people is to not be a victim. To not say like, oh, well, I, you know, my dad did this to me, so that's just the way I am. But when people can step out of that victim mentality and see each thing, like this happened to me so that I could grow stronger, so I could see that no one can affect my energy. I just, I just see that as step number one. And if, if people can get anything out of this whole conversation, I think that is the most important thing to recognize is to just not be a victim in life and to see each scenario as something that's a gift that wants to show you something. 
Yes, absolutely. It, it's, it is about claiming your power back and it is about um, the three treasures of wisdom, you know, so which are our humility, um, compassion, and moderation. Humility, right? compassion, and moderation. Yeah. Wow. Kelly, this has been such a fun conversation. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Yeah, this has been fantastic. I've really appreciated this. Um, where can people find you? Where can they learn more about you on the um, internet? I'm on Facebook. You can find me there. My classes on Facebook are Inner Wisdom Circle with Kelly Schwegel. You can find my classes on my YouTube channel, um, uh, just Kel under Kelly Schwegel and kellyschwegel.com. <laughs> you can find everything through those three areas. Amazing. And it's K-E-L-L-Y. And then Schwegel is S-C-H-W-E-G-E-L. So yes. you can look that up. There will also be links um, in the show notes, YouTube notes, depending on if you're listening or watching this. And I, Kelly, I'd love to have you on again, because this was just such a fun conversation. So until next time, I greatly appreciate you, the light that you're shining on this planet um, your, your beautiful smile. I just appreciate your being this. So thank you so much for I'm back at you. Existing. You're just lovely. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And yeah, so check out Kelly's stuff. She is a, a brilliant being on this planet and you've been through some incredible stuff recently. And <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's, it's just remarkable. So I really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's getting late there in Germany for you. So thank you so much yeah. for being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you.